welcome to episode number three of the show. I am your host, Kendall. In this episode, we are talking about seeing things like an artist, seeing the world as an artist through the artist's eyes, through that perspective, through that golden lens that you use called your keepers, your eyes. And today we're gonna talk about how do you see things like an artist? How does an artist see the world and how can you use that to take on a new perspective of the world at large and bring that into something that will help to magnify the other areas of your experience, things that you experience on a daily basis, how to see things in a way that's new, that's fresh, that's exciting, something that revitalizes, something that magnifies, something that glorifies, and something that brings a new light and sheds just a different point of view by looking at something that you've already seen and looking at it a little bit different and seeing it in such a way that it's magnifying. And this is really important. I mean, how many times have you seen an idea or a design and noticed there's something fundamentally familiar about it? Like, I've seen this before somewhere. I may not know exactly where I saw it, but I've seen it. I've seen it somewhere maybe in my past, and we've all had that experience, seeing something that's maybe it was a painting, maybe it was a design or a portrait, or maybe it's something you heard on a radio. We hear that a lot on the radio, listening to songs, usually in hip-hop, or it might be a remake. You hear it, and you say, huh, that hook sounds familiar. Where did that come from? And you hop online, you look it up, and sure enough, yep, it's a remake. We also do it in movies a lot, too. Movies nowadays, they're typically remade. There's remixes and remakes that are being done of movies, and that's just a normal part of society. We're always coming up with something new and figuring out new ways we can use it. We're figuring out new ways that we can find things to use to our advantage so we can have this fresh spin on it and have it work in such a way that it's just exciting. It's much more exciting than the things we've experienced it before and going forward, using it in such a way that we think might help us really kind of like narrow things down, really. I mean, that's what it's about. It's seeing the world differently. It's seeing the world in a way we've never done before, bringing things into our existence and hopefully finding something magical inside of that experience something that may or may not be valuable. It might be relevant. It may not be relevant. Who knows? But I mean, it's completely up to you. That's completely up to you to decide what it is that you see and the value that it think it might bring to you. And that is in the eye of the beholder. No one can tell you what's valuable to you and what's not valuable to you. That's just something you have to figure out for yourself. What are you into? What is it that you are naturally drawn to? What are some things that might excite you or you have a tendency to kind of be a, have a bias toward everybody might have a bias towards something and they just might like it it might be familiar to them it might be something that they, they grew up with it might be something that they're just used to because of their peer group and the people that they hung around and doesn't make it wrong it's just really narrowing down what it is that spikes your interest and figuring out 
you know, how to get more of that. Now, when you see something that's familiar, you know, you think to yourself, hey, I've seen that something like that before. And you're probably right. There's nothing new under the sun. Almost all ideas are derivative of something else that already exists. As mentioned earlier, something is might be a remix or a clip or another piece of another composition or another uh, piece of music that you may have been listening to. And that gets pulled in, that gets used, that gets leveraged, that becomes a centerpiece for a song or a remix or a new dress or a new pair of shoes of something that had been used before and it was successful. It might've been a huge hit and the artist thought, I'm gonna use this again because the hook is great. Or it might be something that wasn't as well known but if it's remixed and used and elaborated on the right way, then it becomes powerful. Then it becomes kind of rejuvenated and brought back into the masses. And that's something that can be done as well. And there's no rules. There's no restriction. There's nothing saying, oh, well, you can't use this piece or you can't use this other idea because somebody else has done it before. No, we're always taking things. We're always finding ways to use them. We're always finding ways to take, th- take what's old and make it new again. Whether it's a movie that we've done, that we've seen, maybe it's a childhood remake of a movie that we've seen. It might be an animated movie that then gets brought out into a live action film, a live action feature film, which we've been seeing a lot of recently. So yeah, there's no limitations. There's zero newness. There's getting the idea of thinking that, oh, well, I have to create something that's gonna be totally original, hadn't been seen before. You don't have to worry about doing that because everything has been done before. You can take pieces of an idea and you can elaborate on it. You can put your own spin on it. You can tell it from a different perspective. You can tell the story about of the tortoise and the hare from the perspective of an owl, right? A spectator who is watching the race from a distance and he has a different take on it or it has a different take on it. So there's no, there's always ways that you can come up with use or even come up with new ideas but it's totally okay to use something that had already been used before now you might think since everything is just a copy of something else then why bother trying to be original well that's a great thing you don't have to labor in being original you don't have to waste your time and frustration and how do i come up with a totally original idea that everybody's gonna love and I know that they'll love it. Well, you might not, that's usually can be hit or miss. You might not know exactly how that's gonna happen because when people have an idea about something and they're doing it from scratch, there's zero reference, there's a high chance that it's not going to work because there aren't enough reference points to know whether there's a market for it or where the market is going to desire it. Now, there are instances, there are certain anomalies that happen. There are certain things that people do come up with that we've never seen before that people absolutely love, but it's usually, there's usually a need that gets met when that's being filled. It might be convenience, it might be saving time, it might be having more energy. I mean, there's all kinds of points, touch points that we can use on that. And it's also very relevant that even when coming up with these ideas or trying to find something that you can use and remix, you can look back on past things that have been successful that have been used before. You can use things and you can reference, you can use that, you can leverage that. You can leverage something that has been used before and either improve it or 
or put your own spin on it. And that would be another way to do it. So you're not necessarily coming up with everything from scratch. That's the point. You're not coming up with every single idea from scratch. You can emulate and you can borrow. It's okay to borrow and test things out and actually see how they're going to work or experiment with a combination of two or more things, maybe having one influence a certain piece of the idea more than the other and having that be the dominant player, having that be the dominant component inside of the other piece. And that dominant player, that dominant component, that dominant element that you're using, or you can reverse it as well. You can reverse it all and try a different type of dominance. One's a dominant, one's a supportive. And obviously the dominance usually sticks out. It might be a texture or a certain perspective a certain shape that you might use, a certain icon or symbol that's relevant to the culture or not. But there's usually a, uh, a, a dominant and subordinate, a primary and a secondary, if you will, aspects to certain elements and certain themes of paintings and designs or whatever it is that you're actually creating. Paul Rand once said, Paul Rand, he is a graphic designer, by the way, just in case you guys don't know. If I can find references to let you know where these people are coming from, just so you guys can relate, you can look them up. Paul Rand, he's a great designer. But this is an interesting quote that he said. He said, don't try to be original. Just try to be good. Don't try to create anything original. Don't try to, you know, be super fancy and then be like, I'm going to create the biggest, baddest thing that no one's ever seen. And it's going to be great because I I want it to be great. I'm not saying don't have ambitions, do, but at the same time, just try to be good at something. And then someone might say, someone you may say, but Kendall, you know, good is the enemy of great. And that's true. You can go from good to great. You can start off with a standard idea and find something that's good and then work it until it becomes great. That I definitely encourage. It's a constantly refine something until it becomes great. Not everything that you do is going to be great off the bat. You have to work towards something to make it great. Even if it's an idea or a piece of music, it might start off rough and then you might get something that might be headed toward a direction that might be, hey, this is a direction I'd like to explore and go in. And then eventually it might become good. You like, okay, I found something that's actually pretty good that I can work with. And then from that point, you might keep refining it, developing and working on it until you have something that's going to be absolutely great. Yeah, as you're working on and working on this project, you're doing revisions, you're having changes, you're constantly editing, editing, you're constantly editing and listening to it and drawing it, doing different sketches, trying different concepts. You might have hundreds, hundreds or dozens of iterations that you end up testing out and seeing where they actually would play out and trying them and using them and seeing how they actually work. In the, bigger, in the bigger in the picture, picture, in the, the grander scheme picture, of everything that's that you're exploring and seeing how it really fits, seeing, seeing how, how this really bigger fits, component how this works bigger into component something smaller into something and just seeing, smaller, seeing how it goes, just seeing how it works out. Goes, so living in the digital ages, it's easy to get ideas on just about anything now. There's no shortages of these ideas of using or coming up with concepts or finding things on Pinterest or Instagram, finding
finding things on Facebook. The site found, I think, was removed. So but that was also a good source. But the whole world is full of ideas that you can search. You don't have to even sit at home. You can get out and you can find things that are copies or replicas or find the, the sources of inspiration and how those sources actually found their way, found its way into the final result. I mean, it's just we're constantly finding and looking for different things that we can use, things that inspire us, things that bring us into certain ideas that we can actually try that are relevant toward everything that we're trying to achieve and just sampling from different pieces, sampling these different components and just seeing how they actually play out. And it's really just it, a lot of it is experimentation because we don't know how everything that we're doing is going to be relevant. So we just have to trust, try, experiment and just see how it's all going to work for us in the end. So like you will live in a digital age, you can record what you want, you can take screenshots, you can create swipe files, right? And in regard, in that regard, ideas are completely subjective, guys. It's completely subjective. There's no right way or wrong way to gather ideas. There is no one way to have, you know, oh, this method is the only method that you should be using to get an idea. No, everybody has their own method for gathering ideas, and there's no one right way to actually gather an idea. I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to be limited. You don't have to be stuck and just doing everything one way. There's tons of ways to do it from, doing I mean, you can, way. There's, there's tons of there's, ways, there's such an abundance which we can actually use can, that it's, it's ludicrous. No, such it's, an abundance. ideas are completely subjective it's, it's as to what's relevant, good or bad, or what is relevant. And because there's such an abundance of ideas, something could strike at any moment that could take the very thing you were looking for. So because we have such an abundance and such access to so many different ideas, and you don't have to be stuck to just one, what you're looking for can come from just about anywhere, anywhere at all. That's why looking up different ideas can help. It can help fuel your creativity. It can help fuel the way that you experience and, and see things in a brand new light in a brand new way and it's just taking the time to actually just look at these different things because you don't know how it's going to work you don't know how it's going to where it's going to come from but if you allow yourself to be open enough to embrace and try things in such a way that you don't know where it may come from however by exploring by looking by experimenting by constantly looking at a multitude of different things to see how it's really going to could come to you by simply being open by creating different tools and different resources that you can use to pull those ideas from yeah they will definitely be helpful there's not a single thing that's original and it's a huge relief that we can stop trying to design or create things from thin air and embrace modeling ideas from other people companies you can model things from events 
You can use your phone to take pictures if you're at an event. Oh, I like that. I like the way that was staged. You take your phone out and just boom, you take a picture right there. Now you've got inspiration. Now you've got a model that you can actually pull from. Now you've got a model that you can actually use and take that back with you. You can email it to yourself. You can have a database on Google Drive or Dropbox. You can access it from wherever you are and have that, that database to use. Now, every idea that seems to be new is a combination of two or more ideas or reimagining or existing of an older ideas, especially some really old ideas that are usually combinations that kind of come back up and are kind of used. And there's, oh, here's something I want to cover. There's a difference between copying and stealing. As Pablo Picasso once said, good artists copy and great artists steal and there is a difference between copying and stealing here's my take on it now you don't have to agree with this but this is the kind of way that i see it here's my take let's say that you are creating a website okay you're creating a website and you go on like behance or pinterest and you find an idea it's like oh i like the way that site's designed and you take every single thing every element the layout and the color the composition, the typography, and you copy that site basically verbatim for a client or a project. That is copying. That, in my opinion, is bad because you're not stretching the limits of your imagination. You're not putting any thought into it. And all you're doing is devaluing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's flattering that you copied somebody else's work, but there's no real thought that was put into it that reflects your unique taste in design. Now, stealing an idea is can be considered considered resourcefulness. Re stealing, stealing an idea, idea might be, be you find a site that, let's say that has like a color like green that you, you like. You decide to steal the green from that or the even the color palette. It might be green and like beige and white and gray. And you decide, hey, I'm going to go ahead and steal that color scheme. I like that color scheme. Then you go to a different site and you might like the typography. It's like, I like the way that font looks. I think I'm going to go ahead and like use that, like that, font that font for the body looks. copy and the header. I think I'm gonna go cool, ahead and perfect. Use that, then you that go to a different source. Say, I like the photography. Oh, I like how that photography is used source. in that print Say, layout, like but I want to freaking use that for this website because it's so clean. I like the drop shadows or I like the 3D effect or I like how the copy overlays certain elements. I'm going to go ahead and and, and use that. And so now what you've done is instead of just ripping off one site completely, you've taken the typography from one site, you've taken the color scheme from another site, and you've taken the image, the use of image. It might be stylized a certain way. There might be certain filters. There might be, it might be just a certain colors that's used. It might be a duotone. It might be grayscale. And you use, you're using at that point, you're stealing pieces of another idea rather than just copying a completed idea verbatim. Now, that's my take on copying versus stealing. Now, you can do whatever you want. This is America. You can do whatever you want. You're a human. You can decide for yourself. 
but that's just my my take, my spin on that perspective. Now, moving along, get used to the idea of gathering things that you care about. Your results will only be as good as the ideas you apply in your creativity. I remember this when I had when I was in school. I I remember this. There's a plateau that I hit when I was designing, and that plateau wasn't because wasn't just because I was still growing, because I was still learning my craft. But it also had a lot to do with where where I was actually sourcing my ideas from. And when I found a better place to source my ideas, because I knew that I could model whatever I saw. But once I began to source from a better place, once I began to read and learn about stealing ideas and stealing and focusing on individual elements and then bringing those together into a full composition, the, the gestalt, the gestalt, gestalt. The gestalt. That's that's when I noticed there's a huge jump in the work quality. And it wasn't because of my lack of ability. It was at first because I was still learning. But once I kind of learned all of the elements and the principles of design, I knew at that point I could design anything that I wanted. So then all I had to do was step up where I was actually sourcing these ideas, even copying things from nature and understanding how and learning to see nature differently helped tremendously because then I was able to see the world that I lived in differently and model things from that. So the point is to gather ideas, the highest quality or the ones that are most relevant to the audience you're looking to target and quality is i mean quality is totally subjective but it really i think it boils i think quality is kind of like relevance now there's some things with quality when it comes to like hardware i get it like computers and laptops and phones i get it yeah there's a certain aesthetic qualities that like for example if i drop my phone i don't want it to just break and stop working the screen shatters different story but if it breaks and just falls apart that's a different conversation so like I get that. I, I can get how that works. But the point I wanted to make is for as as far as the 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 relevance to their target audience, the quality is concerned. The subjective part, I mean, it really depends on the audience that you're trying to target. So if you have something like this can be crisp and clean, for example, that is a different type of audience versus something that's gonna be grungy and like dirty. Okay, say for example, let's look at cars. Look at Mercedes Benz. Versus Jeep, two completely different audiences. One has a staple of luxury. One says class. One says elegance. The other one says utility or freedom or fun. So they both have a different type of quality that they are targeting because of the utility of the audience and the utility of the vehicle that they're actually trying to reach. And if you're trying to find different ideas or different people to study from, look at a different artist. Look at a different artist and see how they're doing their work and go deep into their work. Go and look deep to what they're doing, to how they're doing it. Study their history, their biography. Feet, where, they from, where they come from, their work, who, who were they influenced by. All these things matter. All these things will help. And study, you can study an artist, a designer, a thinker, another entrepreneur. You can just consume and just totally immerse yourself in their work. If you immerse yourself in their work and their ideas, their videos, their audio content, they might have programs that you can go ahead and sign up for and get immersed in that. 
that will help you to understand how they think and you can actually get a fingertip feel for what they would do next based on the patterns of the things they had done before right down to the language that they would even use and you can model that into your own life and you can actually use that to help bring your game to the next level now study everything you can on that about that person and things that influence their lives as well like who were they influenced by who what was a defining moment for them who did they follow who are the people that they brought into their lives that actually helped make them who they who are, the and what are some things that you can actually learn from their mentors. Every great coach has a coach. There's not a single person that just knew everything and didn't have some kind of pool. And some people had mentors that they work with directly. Some people had mentors, maybe if through a book or an audio program or a video that they learned from. And there's just so many sources and we have access to so much information. Even if you just have a phone, it doesn't have to be the most highest phone. I'm pretty sure just about every phone now you can download apps on. You can, you know, go to Starbucks, get Wi-Fi and download whatever app you want. You can get a mentor in your pocket. You can begin to change the way the people that you're hanging around with on a consistent basis that are playing the game of life at a higher level. You can go to meetup groups. You can find people. And yes, I admit that, yeah, it's not necessarily as easy as you might think. Say, well, Kendall, you know, I've got friends and people that I've hung out with that I've known for years. Yeah, I totally respect that. I totally respect that 100%. But you also have a choice. Because I'm not saying that you have to end things badly with them. However, it's said that if the people that you hang out with, that's usually how you're going to turn out. So if you average your five friends together, usually that's how, on average, that's how you're likely to turn out. And it's not fixed. It's like, oh, well, I'm screwed. No, you're not. You can find new friends. You can gravitate toward new people. You can create a new peer group. It takes time. It takes commitment. It takes consistency. It takes dedication. But you can do it. Anybody can do it. I'm doing it. I'm finding new people to hang out with and new people to engage engage with and getting an idea and mixing that pot of who do I want to hang out with? Who are the, some of the people that I want to be influenced with? And yeah, you're going to meet people that are just bad. It's true. I'm pretty sure that I've met people that thought that I was bad, you know? So I'm not, you know, pointing fingers and saying, oh, well, you know, do this and do that. And, you know, I've never done anything wrong. No, I'm not saying that. I'm growing every day. I'm figuring out what it is that I can improve on and I'm taking action. I'm sitting in my car almost every single day, or I'm sitting at my desk every single day, and I'm listening to content. I'm listening to an audio program or reading a book, and I'm learning things. I'm constantly growing, I'm constantly learning, and trying to figure out what's the next angle. Who is it that I want to be influenced by? What are they currently doing? Right? And this isn't, if you find this valuable, cool, great, let me know. If you think what I'm talking about is garbage, cool, great, let me know. I'm probably not going to care. I'll probably ask, okay, so what would be valuable to you? Or what is it about it, the message that I'm sending that would be of more value or maybe things that you don't align with? Maybe it's a misunderstanding, you know? So I'm definitely open to that. So but get intensely curious about anything that seems to draw a particular interest. Anything at all that seems remotely interesting, become completely absorbed in it. Just immerse yourself in the content. Immerse yourself in what it is that piques your interest. And if 
if that lasts maybe a couple of weeks or a couple of months, then and that doesn't you know push your buttons anymore. Okay, well then try something different. It's just ex experimenting, rapid experimentation, rapidly trying something different, tasting a lot of things and seeing what works, seeing what you connect with, and it might last for as long as it can. You ride that wave. If it shifts to something else, that's fine. Then you can try something different. So use the internet. Dig into every suggestion. Look for scenarios to your problems. Read. Listen to podcasts like this one, and just dig and dig and dig and just try different things that will help you. And just seeing what works, seeing what doesn't. I actually got turned on to who I've been listening to recently, Grant Cardone. And at first, I wasn't exactly sure. I seen a few videos of him on, I think it was like on LinkedIn, I think, and on YouTube. I was like, okay, you know, he's a he's a business guy, sales guy. You know, seems you know a little bit you know materialistic. And I'm just like, whatever. So I started listening to his content and then I decided to download his, I'd heard about this, his audiobook called The 10X Rule. And so I went ahead and downloaded it and started listening to it. And it took me a little while to get used to because there were some things that I noticed. There were a few inconsistencies that I noticed where he would contradict himself on certain things. And the audio quality was abysmal. <laughs> Uncertainty. And I could actually hear him like, wait a minute, I can like hear him in the background. It sounded like he was like, you know, in a basement or something like in some kind of dungeon. That's what it sounded like. And uh, I'm listening to the audiobook. I was like, is he shuffling papers? Is that him shuffling? I can hear him shuffling papers. But anyway, so after I got over that, after my ego got past that, I, I began to listen to the message that he was actually sending out and, you know, just 10xing everything. And I began to listen to even more content. That he had, and more everything downloaded more audiobooks that he had, and that helped. That began. I began to understand and said, "Oh, now I get it. Now I, I could begin to get used to him as a person by immersing myself in it, and by looking at different videos that he had as well. And began. Then I became more familiar. Then I was able to." To listen well, more, more rather than just hear what he was saying. And I knew what he had to say was valuable because it had been recommended. But then I was able to shut off and actually really listen to what he was saying. So that's the power of immersion. Yeah, you might be skeptical at first. There might be certain things about certain people's personality or maybe they have too much bravado. Maybe you might think it's their ego. Maybe you might think they curse too much. Maybe you might not like their accent. But getting immersed, if you know that they have something valuable to say, take your time and listen to what they're saying and give your brain time, give yourself time to just to get used to that person so you can come from a place of like, okay, I understand what you're saying and I like what you're saying, tell me more. And it might take time, it might happen in an instant. Some, some readers and some writers you connect with, you might be doing research on someone that you might respect, might look into their biography, and there's some dark stuff about them that you may not have known that might turn your stomach. But keep pushing through it. You, might not, you may not like it. You have to also have to remember that everybody's human. And it, we're living in an age where a lot of people are being exposed, whether it be good or bad, they're being exposed. And is it good or bad? I mean, I don't know. It depends on how it's being used. But save ideas that you find in notebooks. If you're finding ideas, you can create something called a swipe file, which is basically like it's a digital documentation. You can use your screenshot. You can 
save images and it's just really just swipe follows is basically a way of sell saving digital content in a place that you can go back and you can reference it later and so it could be images it could be videos it could be uh, blog posts all that stuff is great to use that's all great stuff you can use as that swipe file that's all stuff you discover all across the internet and always have a pen and paper handy so you can just jot down ideas like I usually always have a pen and paper handy, handy so I can, so you can jot down ideas or if I don't have one then I'm always using the notes app in my phone and I'm just recording things and just writing things down just ideas I can just go back and just reference later or I can just use that and I can just save it because I might think okay well you know I'm not using it right now but there might be something I can use later on that might be valuable that I can go ahead and put to use so I would just save that and so but yeah at least or if you can if you can have a pen and paper great perfect keep a pen and paper write down ideas as they come to you you know use a scrapbook you can collect things uh, you can even re record it like i said you can record it on your phone video you can record audio uh, you can you know the idea is just to the idea is really just to capture everything that you encounter every single thing that you can encounter just save it save it use it save it so you can go back and you can use it later you can reference it or it might be relevant to something that you're actually looking for but it you go, yeah go back and use that stuff and use all these tools and resources and and all the all the advice and suggestions that, that I had recommended and, and talked about earlier and just using it and finding out is it going to work for you? If it's cool, great. Go ahead and use it. Go ahead and and get immersed in it. Go ahead and make sure that whatever it is that you're using is something that's going to be valuable to you. Don't worry about trying to be original in your ideas. You can always copy ideas. You can always copy pieces of ideas. And that's kind of refreshing. When you have a problem that comes up, it might be a particular design problem that you're working on or a video. And rather than being like, man, I don't know how I'm going to come up with this. You can go on the internet. You can find ideas. And you can begin to model, you begin to capture different pieces of those, use those ideas and go back and you're confident because you know that you're going to be able to find the solution. The solution's out there. And so that's refreshing to know that what you're doing or the solution that your client is looking for, they may not be looking, they may not be looking for anything new, but they are looking for something that's relevant. And the internet is full of irrelevant ideas to actually help you solve that problem. So. I hope that helps. Let me know if you like this episode. Don't forget to, to like, subscribe, follow, share, get engaged, give it to whoever you might think find this valuable. Listen to this on your ride to work. Uh, let me know if you have any questions or anything you want me to share. You can go ahead and hit me up on Instagram at giftboxcreative, or you can send me an email, giftboxcreative at gmail.com. I just like to keep it next, you know. And so, um, yeah, just let me know what you think. Hope you guys like this episode. And I look forward to talking to you guys again soon. And just remember, the light at the end of the tunnel may be you. Take care. The light at the end of the tunnel may be you. Take care.